Hi guys, welcome to the Case of Nate Show. My name is Nathan Nguyen. Today we have another special guest. He's the host of the show Dingers and Dunks, a fantasy basketball and also baseball show on the ColorCast app. Uh, the host is John Ball. John, how are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic. Happy to be here. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Well, if you don't mind, why don't you introduce yourself to the audience and uh, we'll get started from that. Yeah, so uh, I am... Uh... I'm kind of a, a Boston, Boston-born sports fan, uh, diehard, uh, you know, Sox, Bruins, Celtics, Patriots, for that matter, um, and a really big uh, fantasy baseball and basketball fan. I've been playing fantasy baseball and basketball, honestly, free leagues for well over 15 years now, and pretty much all of them are for free out of passion, and more recently, I've been hosting... A, used to host a podcast specifically for my leagues which is kind of the level of seriousness i take this free stuff as a <laughs> as a passion um but i will say that uh more recently i've been hosting uh dingers and dunks on ColorCast, where hopefully we're going to talk a little bit more as the seasons progress especially about fantasy basketball uh because it's kind of not talked about all that much we get a lot exactly. of fantasy football but like not all that much fantasy basketball exactly. and you know, it's a grind. I get it. But at the same time, it's it's so much fun. It's so much fun, especially yes. daily. You get to lose your mind over day to days and people being out and injury reports um, and obviously fantasy baseball coming up. Um, at, well, coming to a close, but also fantasy baseball is kind of year round perpetual insanity, especially in dynasty leagues. So, yeah, uh, that's uh, that's kind of me in a nutshell. Exactly. I mean, fantasy basketball, it's so it's challenging at times. But for me, it's like. Come on, it's it's fun. Like y'all gotta try. I know it's every day. You gotta look at your lineup, but look, you can always make time in the day just to you know acquire a player or drop one or make trades. It's it's not really that hard, but I understand. But I love how you you know you have a bas- fancy basketball show, and it's something that we don't see often. And um, hey, I listened to it personally. I couldn't catch the last one, but I loved your tips. I kept Tyler Hero, by the way. Good. <laughs> that, I didn't gotta... exactly. <laughs> I didn't trade for Lonzo yet, but I'm waiting to see. I can buy him on, on the low, like you told me to. Yeah. Uh, I, um, yeah, fantasy basketball is just so much fun, but it's just such a grind so much. And like you said, like you, you were talking about, uh, like, you know, checking your lineups day to day. I think it's because we all get so excited with fantasy sports that no one, no one who does play fantasy sports has just one team. No one's like, that's my one team. Like once it gets started, you're like, Oh, well, you know what? Let's do another draft because it's fun. You know, oh, well, did you want to join this league? Yeah, sure. And the next thing you know, you have like, like, you know, 30, like 10, you know, seven, eight leagues or something like that. And then you're sitting there on the daily ones being like, okay, well, how do I do this? Who is starting? (laughs) But like you said, I mean, all you got to do is take a little bit of time out at the beginning of the week, just go through bang, bang, bang. And, you know, it, it can be tedious sometimes, but it's just a matter of staying on top of it and just checking in because it gives you something to do. And uh, I think the only it's, it's so different than fantasy football, so to speak, because of the fact that fantasy football, you can watch all the games in one day, you get NFL Sunday ticket. You just sit right there, bang, bang, bang. You know, you got your Monday night game, you got your Thursday night game, but for the most part, you get to watch everything happen live. And it's kind of like, oh, that's my Sunday. I set my lineup and everything, and I'm good to go. And now now I know what happens for the rest of the week because you're only doing the rest of the week. Basketball, I mean, like the COVID 
stuff that happened like i was running a league when when games were getting shut down because guys couldn't play, play because of covid and they didn't have enough players like that stuff can be driving you insane and you can lose matchups because of it and there's so many other things that go into it because it's really like a counting sport it's or a counting game i should say it but it at the end of the day i think that the insanity that fantasy basketball is marries fantasy baseball and i think fantasy football in a fantastic way definitely 100 i mean i love all fantasy sports football basketball or baseball uh, i'm just <laughs> I was league champion of baseball for like two years and then recently this past season mm. or because of some sort of pitcher limit, I guess. Mm. ESPN, so I was like, are you serious? So I talked to my the league commission and he was like, there's nothing I can do. And I'm like, it, it's a free league. Yeah, but I'm like, I'm yeah. it up. Like, I'm trying to win. So I'm that this season don't count for me. Uh, I'm still a champion nonetheless. Uh, That's all that matters. <laughs> Going back to basketball, I mean, the season just started for the NBA. Um, Fantasy-wise, I'm off to a 1-0 start, thankfully, in a league with um, Tristan, the color cast, I guess, creator, director of marketing. Mm -hmm. The main point is there's teams that are surprises, and there's there's teams that are disappointments. Um, Which teams are surprising to you, and which ones are like, oh, well, they're falling off? Uh, yeah, I think the, uh, I think kind of like there's, there's a very easy kind of go-to that I think everybody is kind of looking at in terms of they're falling off a little bit. Um, and that would be the two older teams, right? The Lakers and Brooklyn. Uh, it's just not kind of the start that you would like to see from either team. Uh, especially when, you know, you had that, what was it? The second game of the season or third game of the season where LeBron like was just kind of hanging out in the backcourt and, you know, not hustling back with the team. Or you had, uh, or you know, when it comes to Brooklyn, they just look very anemic aside from uh, Kevin Durant. And I mean, you could say Patty Mills has been fantastic. Patty Mills has been a very a wonderful spark plug, but that's what he is. He's not going to be that guy who's going to carry the load of the team. James Harden is not getting to the line as much. I think the last time I checked, so James Harden, I believe, is a career. Um, I want to say he averages 8.7 free throw attempts for his career and like per game. And so that has been cut down to, I believe last time I checked, I think it was 3.0. And so when you're, you know, that you can say like, Oh, well that's only like a couple of points per game, but somebody like James Harden, who like kind of has this history of being like kind of a chunky guy, like now he's running up and down the court and he's not getting these calls that he kind of anticipated to it kind of messes with you mentally. And I think it's, he's a great player. He's going to probably adjust. Um, But I don't know. I don't know necessarily that Brooklyn's this kind of juggernaut that we all thought them to be. I think they got very much exposed on defense. I don't think there is anyone there. They didn't really get a lot of bigs in the offseason. The only acquisitions that they had were LaMarcus Aldridge, who should have stayed retired. He should have stayed retired. Yes, was... He is not offering anything to that team right now, really. Uh, and uh, and Paul Millsap, who, okay, you know, but Paul Millsap is not the Paul Millsap of, you know, the Atlanta and uh, – the Atlanta, the Denver days, you know, it's, it's, it's not that guy. Um, so I think that there's a, I think there's a lot to be said with Brooklyn as to how, what can happen with them. Um, and the Lakers, obviously, I think everybody kind of, 
it pains me because I love Russell Westbrook. Mm-hmm. I really do love Russell Westbrook. The, I love the swagger that he brings. I love the ridiculous uh, outfits that he wears going to games. And I, I do kind of love his kind of, you know, uh, go screw yourself. I'm going to try I'm going to try and win this myself. That being said, like his basketball can be very painful to watch. Sometimes it can be, it is a very, you know, he's had a career where he's been a very dynamic player and kind of like sprinting up and down the court and, and just really needing to kind of sacrifice a lot of his body to get what he has. And now that the shooting's gone down and he's getting older, uh, like the shooting percentages are, are just so bad, uh, like from the, from the line and from the free throw that it's just, it, you know, it's, it's, it's just not a great fit right now um specifically for them uh i do i think that he'll he'll make adjustments and be a lot better i do uh do i also think that the lakers are missing some key players like uh like you know Ariza ellington um tim horn uh taylor horn tucker uh they, like these are players who are going to play a large role in that offense and they're not there right now or haven't quite been there so i think that 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 is something to be said for. I think they do miss Alex Caruso a lot. I think Caruso has been fantastic for the Bulls um, as a finisher in that like kind of fantastic one-two, like that nice little one-two of uh, Caruso and Lonzo Ball. And actually, that's a kind of nice little segue if we're talking about those like those players that or the teams that are surprising. Um, I don't think it should be a surprise, but the Bulls, I guess. Uh, nobody like. You know, DeMar DeRozan was kind of written off for dead to a degree in San Antonio. You didn't really hear, like, the DeMar DeRozan sweepstakes is underway this summer. No, <laughs> you didn't. Like, you know, and, and so, you know, I mean, to add on Vucevic, who is a fantasy gem, uh, and then to also have, I mean, fantasy gem, liability on defense, but really outstanding offensively, um, to have him, DeRozan, Lonzo, and then, yeah, you still got Zach Levine. You still have the development of Patrick Williams, who looks fantastic in the summer league. Um, And then also you have whatever is going to happen with Kobe White. Uh, I don't think that he's going to be he hasn't played yet this season, but I don't think I don't see him as a starting point guard on this team. I don't think he's I don't think he's going to even develop into that. I do think that he could develop into a wonderful Lou Williams like player. Um, but you know, even guys like Javante green who came over from Boston, like he's been playing out, like out of his mind. Uh, so I think Chicago is great. I think there's a little bit, uh, they're going to have to iron out a few more things. Uh, but I think the offense is there. The defense should kind of come along the way, but if they can keep it like this in this Eastern conference, it's kind of all out in the open. I think it's, uh, I think it's, I think it's one of the surprising teams. Um, I would say another surprising team obviously would be Charlotte. Charlotte is such a, I mean, let me ask you this. Do you think Charlotte is the most fun young, young team in the NBA? Yeah, of course. With uh, Mello, Bridges, oh, Bridges has Bridges been been unreal. Bridges has been so unreal. And like, it's funny because if we, you know, talking about fantasy, like, if you look at like the top players in fantasy right now, you're like, oh, okay, well, I guess like, you know, CJ McCollum, he's very streaky. He can be like the best player in the, like he can be the best shooter in the NBA and then just disappear for the rest of the time. Um, so it makes sense that he's there, some of these other guys. And then all of a sudden you see like Miles Bridges, like number three. What, what, what is this? What is this? And 
And like, you don't, I, I think he's a very interesting player to have in fantasy because there's one part of you, right? That's like, cause that's, that's the mentality of fantasy sports, right? You get, whenever you get somebody who like now has a breakout, you're like, do I sell high or do I hold on to him to see, because he's legit. And obviously if you get a trade offer for him, you're going to say, no, he's legit. I need more. And if you're trying to get him, you're going to be like, no, he's not that good. You know this, come on. So it's kind of like a fun little seesaw effect that I think is going on with Miles Bridges right now. Um, but you know, he, he got, he still got what, like 31 points last night or something like that. Exactly. Um, and I think that, but I think that it's interesting for Charlotte because, uh, Zach Lowe brought it up on his, on his, uh, low post prod, uh, podcast where, um, Charlotte is just such a young, energetic team. Uh, looking, Kelly Oubre is looking kind of a little bit rejuvenated after getting out of uh, Golden State, which, you know, people kind of forget like two years ago just who he was in Phoenix and he was outstanding. Uh, and now it's like, and then he, that's the thing with the NBA. Like everybody kind of has some memory of a goldfish. You know, it's like, it's like, oh, well, he, he's, he's bad. So he's bad forever. Now he, he can be good. Like the potential's there. Um, but yeah, I think Kelly, I think. You know, Kelly Oubre slotting in right now for Terry Rozier, who's who's out. Uh, LaMelo Ball, obviously. Bridges. Don't know what's going on with P.J. Washington. That stuff is kind of weird to me. Um, he's like, you know, he's injured. He was only playing averaging like 20 minutes a night. Don't know. Gordon Hayward is on the downswing, but he still provides you more than nearly 75% of NBA players. So I think that that's a valuable asset to have. Um yeah, I, I think that I think that Charlotte is another surprise that could kind of slot in there and like kind of like the four or five seed wouldn't be would it be too shocking if they made it up to a three based based off like how injuries happen in the NBA? Not necessarily. Uh, and I think the same thing could be said for, uh, you know, for um, uh, Chicago. Uh, I think that it could, they're going to be fighting for kind of like those four or five seeds. It could drop down a little bit uh, based off what happens. But, you know, the Philly situation scares me. I don't, I don't trust like Joel Embiid literally said that he didn't play the other day because he couldn't get out of bed. He like couldn't walk when he got home after the game. And so like people wondering like, why is he, why was he only playing 30 minutes and everything? Not like 33 a game. Uh, it's because he's pretty banged up. Uh, so I think that the sooner they get that Simmons situation figured out, I love Tyrese Maxey, uh, but um, the sooner they get that figured out, the better. And, but even if, even still, I just don't know what the makeup of that team is going to be. Um, and then I think the, my personal favorite out of like, uh, out of like all of the surprise teams is Minnesota. I think Minnesota is the most interesting team out there that people just are forgetting about. And it, let, let me tell you this last year, Minnesota finished fourth to last in defensive rating. Now, granted that went up like a little bit towards the end of this season, uh, towards the end of the year. Uh, once you had like players getting a little bit healthy for a little bit. Um, but this year after the addition of Patrick Beverly, now people are going to be like, Oh, well, you know, he's not playing or anything like that. No, but it's been a culture change. There were beat reporters talking about how Patrick Beverly was the most uh, integral part, integral part of like uh, of training camp. Like he was a name that just kept on coming up and they're like, you know, we're going to be a defensive team. We're going to be defensive minded and everything because the offense is there. When Anthony Edwards and Carl uh, Anthony Towns and D'Angelo Russell were on the court last year, they had an offensive efficiency rating of like 127, which to in comparison, the top NBA team last year with the, in terms of like uh, offensive rating was uh, 
uh, Brooklyn and they had like 116 offensive rating. So to have just those three on the court and that uplifts them that much, having those young guys who can sprint up and down, Carl Anthony Towns looks like he's back to being Carl Anthony Towns. He had a bad, he had a terrible year last year, obviously, like losing nine family members, his mom, but having him a healthy D'Angelo Russell, having Malik Beasley to be able to come off the bench, have Jaden McDaniels out there too. It is a very fun team, uh, even though like none of it makes sense. Uh, but back to the <laughs> defensive rating, like, they had so they finished fourth to last last year. They are second in the NBA right now in defensive rating. So if they are even able to finish like top 15 or something like that, even like like if they finish top 10, then it's going to be a team to like really, really look out for. If they finish top 15, I think they can easily slot in there for the NBA uh, in the Western Conference and make things interesting because say you have an older team or a, like a little bit of you know, inexperienced, you're if those three guys are running up and down the court, like burning you, like we saw Charlotte do to Brooklyn and their old men on like Sunday, a couple like last week or the week before it's, it's going to get ugly. It's going to get ugly, but it's, I, I'm like Anthony Edwards, like the best interviewer in NBA history. And, yes. uh, and, and so, yeah, I think, uh, I think Minnesota is the team that everybody kind of isn't really paying attention to, but I think really should pay attention to because it's, that's a wonderful core. I think for Minnesota, what I guess interests me is Anthony Edwards, and he's like, I don't give a F mentality. 100%. Like, from his interviews to his play, and it's like, I think his comments recently about Giannis, Giannis, (laughs) I'm like, okay, I mean, I never heard someone say that, but hey, I mean, it's, it's hard to stop Giannis, but Anthony Edwards is just a different, you know, type of basketball player, and I love him for it. I mean, they're young, but they're different. And that's what makes NBA fun. It's going to attract younger fans and, you know, to watch the game. And uh, Minnesota is definitely a surprise team. I honestly didn't even think of that team. So that's how (laughs) they are for sure. But Um, I think that that's, uh, oh, I I was just going to say, I think that that's kind of, isn't that kind of the NBA this year though? Because it feels like this is the first season in a very long time that, you know, there's going to be some team that probably runs away with it. But it does feel like that this year is not as there's not that kind of clear cut favorite that there has been in years past. Like people always had, you know, Brooklyn or the Lakers or uh, like Brooklyn last year, the Lakers last year, the year before, like there, there was kind of this, oh, well, you know, they're just uh, like so much better than everybody else. But there is, I can think of like, 10 good teams in each conference that are not that far apart from each other and are maybe just a piece away. Obviously you have, you know, Orlando and uh, the train wreck that is Detroit. Um, And uh, there's a couple of bad teams out there, but for the most part, like it's, it's pretty, it's pretty open, right? Definitely. I mean, the West, I mean, the Thunder, sure, they beat the Lakers, but they're not. Oh, no, they're, they're terrible. They're terrible. No, they're sure. not going to make noise. We'll get to Lakers in a second, but, I mean, they're not going to make any noise the Thunder are. The Rockets, same. Like, I mean, they got Jalen Green, but are you really going to, you know, contend? No. Um, let's see. The Kings, oh, definitely not. I mean, yeah, they got Fox. They got Deal. They got Holmes, but they're just going to just play it out. Um, in the East, I mean, you brought up the Pistons. They got Cade, who should be coming back this weekend. 
Uh, so I hope to see, see what he can do on the court. Let's see, in the East. Honestly, the East is more competitive than the West, it feels like. Yeah. It's so open, like you mentioned, and there's bad teams. Like, I mean, even the Wizards, I think, they could attack yeah. make the run. It's it's weird. You got like these – I feel like there's this kind of tier in there in the East that is like the tier of teams that you – that like we all kind of agree should not be doing anything but could do something, right? And I think that that tier consists of Toronto because on paper they shouldn't be doing anything right now. I don't think – Fred Van Vliet is not the same kind of weapon that he was when Kyle Lowry was on the court, and I think people kind of need to realize that in fantasy. But I think that uh, – I think that the Toronto Scotty Barnes looks fantastic. He's kind of, he's been really well for them in the absence of Siakam. And I would also say that, uh, you know, Cleveland, Evan Mobley looks good. Evan Mobley looks like, I, I said this on, on the show yesterday that I think that he has the potential to make the largest rookie impact in fantasy in like, in since probably Luka Doncic I think that he kind of I think that he what his skill set is with his eligibility and what he's able to provide for each of those things is just so rare and especially from a rookie um I yeah I think that he I think that he's going to be maybe like a top he could finish a top 25 player in fantasy or a top 30 player in fantasy which would be kind of unheard of for a rookie um, and yeah, obviously, I'd say Washington in there too. Definitely, I think for us fantasy owners, we're always looking for like the big men that get rebounds. I think I'm one of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, we get Mobley in a draft a couple of days ago because I joined another league because I'm that addicted to it. Yeah, exactly. That's it. That's, <laughs> that's what you do. Uh, so I got Mobley. I was like, okay, good. Let's see how he does. And he puts up like 30, 40 fantasy points a night. I'm like, oh, <laughs> that's true. Uh, Steel, nice. Uh, but I'm honestly happy for him. A guy coming from uh, USC, you know, in California, which is, mm-hmm. you know, to see him succeeding in Cleveland, which is obviously before this season, it's not a good place to go to. But with him, with Sexton, with Garland coming back, with uh, Jared Allen, of course, and uh, marketing is playing surprisingly okay. Yeah, like, to- I, I mean, I don't, I, I think that's kind of, I actually, um, I would like to see them use some of these other players that they have uh, at their disposal. Um, actually, speaking of Mark and, and like uh, speaking of those teams that are kind of in that tier, I'd also throw Indiana in there too because I don't know. It's it's weird, right? Because Malcolm Brogdon does this to me every single time in fantasy. I love Malcolm Brogdon. I think that he is such a talent, and especially when it comes to fantasy, I think that he could. Eat, and I think it's so hysterical to me that uh daryl morey and them decided no you know what we don't want uh malcolm brogdon in a first round pick for ben simmons which just i would uh shoot myself in the face if i was a 76ers (laughs) fan um but you know he he's looked like he was averaging like practically 30 points per game you know having his percentages be off the charts and then what does he do he goes down with an injury. He goes oh. down with a hamstring injury on, and I know he's being rested. I think it's either tonight or tomorrow uh, or tonight he's, he's out, but like they ruled him out before. So like rotor wire was like, not a good sign, even though it's <laughs> on like the other hamstring. Um, but I think that if Indiana can get their pieces together, uh, Duarte looks great. 
uh, he looks like he's going to get a nice little lion's chair of rookie minutes now. Uh, now that he, now that uh, Brogdon's out and uh, and TJ Warren and Karis Levert, who I think has had like maybe the most uh, unlucky injuries since like maybe Bryce Harper or like Giancarlo Stanton uh, in my in my mind. Like this is a guy who literally had like his his leg just get like broken like in like on on the court and everybody's like oh well that that looks horrible i can never see that again with the bone coming out and then after he manages to come back in the same season then he then he gets a physical and it's like oh you know what uh by the way you got a cancerous growth on your stomach so we got to take you out for the rest of the season so yeah he's had unlucky injuries but malcolm brogdon i think is made out of glass and it really upsets me all the time definitely i mean there's levert there's uh, Brogdon, but there's one guy that's consistently healthy, and that's uh, Demontis Sabonis, who yep. he is my favorite fantasy. I know we have Jokic and Giannis, but Sabonis is like consistency if you look it up in the fantasy basketball you know, mm-hmm. dictionary, because this guy is always putting up 40, 50 fantasy points, getting rebounds. Of course, he's one of the leading scorers for the Pacers. Uh, he's not a shooter like you know, like Ben Simmons, like we all know, but he gets his point, his bucket somehow. And with Miles Turner at center, they make it work. And the Pacers are an interesting team. I like it. It just have to get healthy, like you mentioned. Um, but uh, I love the Pacers for sure. Sabonis is my favorite. Best. Sabonis, Sabonis is kind of like so. I, I I'm very conflicted with Sabonis, right? Because I think that there was kind of like this influx of. Last year, people kind of follow like trying to do like the Jokic thing where you're like a big and you're getting like four plus assists a game and it kind of makes no sense. And, you know, Bam was doing that. But now that they have Lowry, like Bam's like assists have like dropped off the map. And I'm like, yeah, that's 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 what you are. Like, you don't 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 dish the ball out. You're not a facilitator. <laughs> However, it's Sabonis. Um, Sabonis's numbers went down. But now I'm curious as to how that how that offense is going to work. Um once uh once he once uh, now that now that those players are now that brogdon's out um you know i think he's gonna probably have a larger role tj mcconnell's gonna slot in there who i like and you know who's kind of like fun to stream in fantasy but uh yeah i don't know i i would assume that once they all get healthy that there's probably a greater opportunity for assists for him because the lineup's just better uh, and I think that that's kind of more the reason why Sabonis's numbers are a little bit down in terms of assists. But I agree. I think he's just universally consistent and kind of like those. That's just kind of like first week paranoia from some people. Definitely. I mean, we'll see how that happens. Uh, how this as the season progresses, we'll see how his stats hopefully go up. Uh, maybe it's just a slow start for the Pacers and Sabonis in general. Uh, but there's one team that's kind of slow at the gate, and we're. I'm a fan of them, and we're kind of panicking to an extent, and that's the Lakers. Uh, Westbrook, like you mentioned earlier, LeBron, AD, and I guess the rest of the crew who pretty much we didn't see them last season on the Lakers, like Dwight, he was in Philadelphia, et cetera. Should we be panicking after our slow start? I mean, we just lost the Thunder by 26 points, and we had like a 30-point, no, yeah, no, a 26-point lead. We blew that lead and lost by like two hundred one. I think that it's too. (laughs) I think that it's. I think that it's too early. I think that it. I think that it's too early because I think that this is kind of what we do in in the NBA. Like when like when something happens that we kind of don't expect, like it doesn't happen the way we see it. 
um, it, you know, it's, it's like that Palpatine quote where he's like, it's all happening as I have foreseen or whatever. It never happens that way in the NBA. And, uh, and, and I think that with the Lakers, sure. Does Russell Westbrook look like a fit? No. Does it look like they're, uh, you know, does it look like that offense is kind of struggling? I mean, LeBron, they were talking about his, uh, his kind of blow by rate or whatever. And it's like the lowest of his career. Like, I think it was like at 17%, uh, for the, for the majority for like was the lowest of his career. And then like it, this year it's now down to like 9% or something. Uh, he is taking more threes. LeBron is making 5.3 three pointers per game, which I do not, I, that cannot stay. I don't, I don't know if that would ever stay. <laughs> um ad's free throws could go up sure these are kind of like minor tweaks but i think that it's to quote i think lebron said this a, a long time ago and i can't remember if it was when indiana was breathing down the neck of the heat and someone asked him something like you know are you concerned at all and lebron said something like is it april yet because if it's not april then i then i'm not really like that concerned, like talk to me in April, talk to me and talk to me in May. And I think that that's kind of the attitude that you can take. I mean, I think if we're going to, if I can make a, a parallel here, um, I'd kind of compare the, uh, the anxiousness from uh, this team right now, like the, the Lakers figuring it out uh, to that of the Yankees. Uh, earlier this year when they started they got into like a rough tailspin right before the all-star break people were like blow it up blow it up blow it up and then they were just outstanding uh they they had some bad luck against the red sox like garrett cole got blown up in the first but like you know people had like the tendency to overreact when a team that we expect to be doing so very well is not doing that is remarkable i think that sure do i think that the lakers are going to be that number one seed no I don't think they're going to be the number one seed. Do I think that they're going to probably be like a five, six seed? Yeah, probably. Do I think that, but like, this is also ruling out the fact that like, are there any moves that are going to be made in the, uh, like during the regular season? Like, is this is probably not the team that we are going to, uh, see to finish, see kind of at the end of the year. And, uh, and I think that, you know, having people getting healthy, uh, having, you know, getting those key pieces back, like Taylor Horton Tucker and, uh, and, you know, Ellington, Ariza, all these guys, like having them healthy is going to be kind of pivotal to seeing, oh, and geez, uh, uh, Kendrick Nunn too, who I think is kind of one of the more underrated aspects, underrated additions of the off season. Um, you know, like let's not, let's not lose our heads over a Lakers team when, you know, Malik Monk is getting that kind of burn. You know, like it, it's, it's, it's too early in the season. Um, and I'm a Celtics fan. So like, I, I'd, I'd love it if they exploded into dust. Uh, but I kind of, am trying to take the same way. Like I am a little bit more paranoid about my Celtics, to be honest, uh, mainly because of the fact that I don't think that the Celtics have an, a plan for point guard. And that scares the hell out of me, uh, because you're wasting the prime of right now, the top scoring duo in the NBA, uh, in Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, um, having Marcus Smart run point is just a mistake. And I would never, ever do that. I don't think like he is a great defender. He, uh, but he is not like Patrick Beverly is a great defender. He is not like a top 10 point guard in the NBA. Um, and I think kind of the, similarly with Marcus Smart, uh, Schroeder has been out there and he's been okay, but 
you know, it's frustrating, especially now with the development of like Robert Williams third time Lord. He looks fantastic. He looks unreal. He's I drafted him in fantasy, you know, it's like because I think on a per minute basis, like the last couple of years, he has literally been the best player in like best player in fantasy, but he's only been playing like 15 minutes. So, yeah, I wouldn't be too concerned about the Lakers. I'd, I'd be more concerned about the Celtics. That's my own home fan, like kind of Boston naysayer popping out here. But yeah, I, I think it's too early to uh, to smash that panic button and hit subscribe for the uh, for the Lakers. Sweet Tatum, I traded him in fantasy. I drafted him in, my, in the first round. I traded him away. Sounds crazy, but I did get uh, Sabonis, like I mentioned earlier. I got McCollum. I got Jonathan Murray from the Spurs. Oh, wow. OG and Tatum. And I think the first or second game uh, that Tatum played, he looked pretty eh. But now yeah. getting back to that normal form. So I'm like, am I regretting that trade? Honestly, no. Because, I mean, no. To get three solid guys who are putting up, up, you know, an outstanding amount of points. Yeah. And I mean, that's the thing. That's the thing that you got to take with fantasy basketball, right? I mean, it's fantasy basketball is all about depth. It's so much about depth more than any of these other sports. Like baseball, everybody is playing all the time. Fantasy baseball. Fantasy baseball is a gauntlet. It's way more of a gauntlet than fantasy basketball. Fantasy basketball, you gotta like also depending on your league. Like, so I run my leagues, like like the I would I've had in the past um two-week playoffs because I think that two-week playoffs are kind of the way to go. Because I don't I think that it's kind of unfair to owners who or league managers who or managers who have built these outstanding teams. And then like, just because of the way the schedule goes, they're only playing like two games that week. Whereas like in baseball, kind of everybody's playing like, you know, five, six, four, five, six games or something like that. It's very different. But in basketball, like when you're only playing, you know, that amount of time, so it cuts your season a little bit shorter, but I think that you get a more quality product uh, in terms of allowing for teams to really kind of just, duke it out for like 10 rounds as opposed to seeing who can get a knockout in three um and i think that uh but yeah in terms of fantasy it is it is stacking because it's so these guys go down so quickly injuries have been up in the nba for the past however many years and you just can't with the day-to-days and everything and like having a guy miss a game having somebody miss that game last year okay in this league that I stopped running uh, because it just got too hectic. Um, I had, um, it was a keeper league and my two keepers in this league were Giannis and Jokic. I made trades to get both of them. I had a very good team. However, like midway through the season, uh, I was like, this team just can't do it. They can't do it. There is nothing I can do that can put this team over the top. So midway through the year, um, I traded now granted Giannis was a little bit underperforming at the time. Um, I traded Jokic to one team and I got Tatum and Tobias Harris, uh, because I wanted depth. And then I traded, uh, Giannis to another team and I got Colin Sexton and I got, um, uh, LeBron. And it's like, you want to, and I already had at the time Donovan Mitchell. So I went from having three players who were really outstanding to having five players who were very much above the rest. And I think that's kind of the, the strategy that I try to employ with fantasy basketball 
And it's tough because you get so attached to the superstars, right? I, th- I think I agree. I think because when I made the trade, everyone was like, no, you traded Tatum, why? But there was one guy that was like, you finessed him, Nathan. I'm like, <laughs> I, I knew I because it's Tatum, right? We all love Jason Tatum. He's a great shooter. He's like the leading number one guy for the Celtics in terms of scoring. Uh, and you're a Celtics fan, so you can uh, yep. I'm wrong. Uh, but I needed players depth-wise. And after at Tatum, I had to buy uh, – I still have Tobias Harris. Um, my point goal was Eric Bledsoe. And there was, I told myself there was no way in hell I'm going to the season with Eric Bledsoe as my starting playing card in fantasy. No way. So when I saw that he offered me uh, John T. Murray, I was like, okay. This got me. I'm getting Sabonis, who's a great player. And I'm getting uh, McCollum, who's streaky at times, but he's going to give you points because he's a great three-point shooter. I think leads the league in three pointers as well. Made. Yep. Yeah, I think he's. I think. He, I, sorry. I think I said earlier that LeBron is at five point three. I think LeBron's actually at four point seven three pointers made per game. And then CJ McCollum is putting up Curry last year, which is five point three. Um, <laughs> and like that's the thing with isn't that the thing with CJ because like he will play like a couple of games. He'll play like the first like couple weeks like last season after the first couple weeks because I remember I was hosting like when I was doing my show and we were doing like a draft recap. I was like. CJ McCollum, you know, he kind of obviously like one thing and like that's shooting and like free throws or whatever. Not much else there. I don't really care. Um, and then like CJ McCollum, of course, like, you know, the whole commentator jinx, like it's like, oh, yeah, um, CJ McCollum. Yeah, he's like number two guy in fantasy. And then he went down. So I didn't look like that much of an idiot, but that was only because he got injured. And uh, and so this year he's kind of back to doing the same thing. And uh, and you're kind of wondering, like, well, what's going to happen here? I had a trade go down in my league where he got traded uh, along with uh, it was CJ McCollum, uh, Valanciunas and Kevin Porter Jr. got traded for Jimmy Butler, Nurkic and Keldon Johnson, which I think is a pretty I think it's relatively fair. I think Nurkic is a little bit underperforming and I don't know necessarily that he's going to like these guys who come back after injury like it takes them a while, even though he did really well at the second half last year. Um, Valanciunas is pretty solid and uh, Kelvin Johnson I think is meh I, I don't really care about Kelvin Johnson like I think it's I think I think it's fun that he's like he gets points and everything like I got no beef with him but I just think as a fantasy wise player I could really care less uh, Kevin Porter Jr. has at least a ceiling even though we're looking at the floor right now and then CJ McCollum versus Jimmy Butler it's more of like you know needs right um jimmy butler can do more but he's probably gonna miss like 10 games in a season uh cj mccollum is gonna be streaky but he's gonna provide you with that kind of outstanding level of scoring and percentages so it's kind of like pick your poison in fantasy basketball right definitely um and it's great to hear knowledge from you but we're gonna take a quick break but after the break i'm gonna ask you about like i said your knowledge is outstanding when it comes to fantasy basketball i've never <laughs> met anyone who has the knowledge that you have um <laughs> But I'm going to ask, what players should fantasy owners like myself and others should be trading for? Uh, also, if if someone had the first overall pick with guys like Giannis, Joker, Jokic, uh, Luka, and Steph Curry, who should that person get? And also some Steph Curry talk and some LiAngelo Ball talk, surprisingly, as he is now on the Hornets league roster. Uh, we'll be right back on the Case in Nature. All right, welcome back to the Case and Nate Show. Uh, John Ball is here, the host of the show Dangerous and Dunks. You can find it on the Colorcast app. 
Um, let's start with uh, players to trade for in fantasy basketball. It's still early, like we always mentioned with the NBA season barely starting like a week or two ago. But there's any players we should trade for or acquire uh, in waivers like immediately, like as soon as this cast ends, who would it be and why? Um, well, I think first off, I would start looking at like the guys, uh, definitely look at the guys in Memphis. I think that if they're on your waiver wire, D'Anthony Melton, I think uh, Desmond Bain, if they're out there, go get them uh, because they're really performing at a very high level and not that it's sustainable, but you know, like we were just talking about a fantasy basketball, it's a game of numbers. It's really a counting game. It's how many guns can you fire at the other team and see how many they're going to fire back. Um, so I would definitely look at uh, Memphis, uh, Charlotte to some degree. I mean, I think there is some value in Kelly Oubre if we're looking at like waiver wire guys. Uh, Kelly Oubre would be somebody I'd look at. I think Kelly Olynyk for Detroit. I think he's. It's only a matter of time before he starts getting more burn out there. Um, I'd say those are some of the players that I'd look to. Now, as far as players to trade for, it's such a difficult thing, right, at the beginning of the season because, like, like I was saying, like you you have like one of two mindsets. Either this guy I drafted is going to be great. He's just not doing it right now. Or this guy who's playing real great right now, that's exactly who he is, like Miles Bridges. Like, you're not going out. Like, if you have Miles Bridges, like, you're probably not going to trade him for anything. If you are going to trade him for anything, it should be, like, for something ridiculous like Giannis or somebody gets way too much kind of big brain mode and is like, oh, well, clearly, you know, if I trade, Giannis is going to fall off a cliff. Miles Bridges is on the up and up. He's playing for a contract. He's like uh, two, three years younger. So uh, clearly, Miles Bridges is the guy I need. No, like, like if you find somebody like that, then like absolutely take advantage of them and win your league. Like that, that that's the best advice I can give with that. But if you're looking for players to target, um, I'd specifically look at the players who are kind of underperforming a little bit. Um, players who are underperforming a little bit and players who um <clears throat> who might have like a, a somewhat larger role when something happens like i think i think westbrook actually might be somebody who i'd target uh to be honest because i think that he's been so not that i think you're gonna get not that i think you're gonna be able to uh to really like uh uh not that you're gonna sell your soul for him or anything like that but i just don't think I think that people kind of forget what he offers you in fantasy basketball. If you can stomach those percentages, like he does a really remarkable job in like kind of getting you all those other counting stats that not a lot of other players can, uh, he's going to cost you in the percentages, but like you're, if you're trading for Russell Westbrook, you know, that, you know, like, it's not like you're like, not every player is going to offer you that kind of outs. Like not every player is going to be, miles bridges circa these first four games where you know he's shooting 96 percent from free from from the line he's averaging three threes per game and like 30 points per game with like a steal like a steal well 1.7 steals and like a block and like eight rebounds and seven assists no not everybody's gonna do that um but i think you should be looking for the players who are maybe struggling a little bit and seeing if you can get a discount um i think that uh i don't i don't know what's going to happen with porzingis but i don't like he's going to play somewhere this year i don't know if it's going to continue to be in dallas with the way that things are kind of operating there uh, especially cuz they kind of said like uh, jason kidd i don't eh. 
he said that he was going to change him into like go back to trying to make the unicorn of Porzingis, which I don't think is necessarily going to happen. Uh, but I think that you could see better better usage out of him than you're getting right now. Um, Jaron Jackson Jr. I would absolutely add. Uh, Zion Williamson I would stay the hell away from. Uh, like a report a report came out today I think uh, that he has yet to really get into very kind of uh, like he's not practicing and he's also hasn't done any uh, kind of uh, exhaust like, like uh, sprints or anything like that. He's not like, he's practicing one on none. Like th- this is a guy who they were like, Oh yeah, he had foot surgeries. He should be, he might be ready to start the season. Um, and now it's like, no well we you know he might be back and these are the injuries that i just don't care for so like i wouldn't be don't think like if i get clay you know i'm gonna get him at such a low discount that then it's going to uh take my team to the next level when he comes back because the truth of the matter is in the nba like it takes a while for these guys to get back and i think i would be i'd be looking at rotations i'd be trying to see who is kind of getting more minutes uh, who has not been performing with the minutes. And then if there's anybody worth rostering underneath, like, uh, like Cole Anthony, I think Cole Anthony is somebody interesting to look at. Um, guards are deep this year. Guards are very deep. Uh, Devonte Graham is out there. I love Devonte Graham. I think he is. I don't know why, you know, Nola got rid of Lonzo. I thought that was a good fit, but you know, Nola's kind of dumb anyways. So, uh, I I love Devonte Graham. Uh, I think that uh, I think that if I had LeBron, I might try and trade him uh, because I think that if if somebody sees like the kind of amount of three pointers made on there and kind of puts so much stock into it, I'd be like, yeah, bye bye. Um, and I think another, you know, who's actually actually I'll give you one that I I really would target, um, Darius Garland. I think Darius Garland. There is a lot of depth in the NBA right now with point guards, like I was just saying, like you got about 50 guards in, you know, Sacramento, you got like the top guards all, all over the place. Uh, you know, I think Darius Garland kind of gets lost in the mix a little bit. Um, and I don't trust, I don't trust some of these like kind of older guards who people have like, uh, like, you know, I, I would much rather have them over Kyle Lowry. I'd have him over Kyle Lowry. I'd probably, I'd have him definitely over Mike Conley. Um, and I, I think now I'm not going to commit that much, but I, I, I just, I think I'm, I'm a hater in fantasy when it comes to Fred Van Bleep, Um, only because I just don't think he's that consistent. Uh, but aside from that, yeah, th- that would be kind of like my, my methodology with uh, when it comes to like must add guys or anything like that, or must trade for. It makes sense. I mean, the guards are definitely, deep uh in terms of guys to choose from for sure but then when it comes to the draft we don't really focus on that because for people who the first overall pick not me i had the last pick even though i made the league and the order was randomized i got the last pick of the first round mm. so which explains my trade for Tatum, or to trade away tatum i should say but nonetheless there's guys who think the first overall pick is a blessing Others like myself think it sucks because for mm-hmm. one guy, like Jokic or Giannis, but then what about after that? You have to wait, what, 19, 20 picks till your next turn. So that being said, um, little scenario here. If you had the first overall pick, right, and there's guys like the Joker, Giannis, uh, Luca, Steph Curry, who's 
falling out of this world so far this season. Uh, who would you choose out of the four and why? I mean, I go actually outside the four. Really? Yeah. I um, If I had the first overall pick, I, I would actually go Cat. I'd go Towns. And I think the reasoning behind it is – Number one, I think Lucas' situation. Let's let's go through each of them. I think Lucas' situation in Dallas is weird. I don't know what's going on there. I don't think there's a lot of talent on that team, especially when kind of like your number two right now is Tim Hardaway Jr. That's not a good sign. I don't think you're going to get, you know, that many assists. Uh, Jalen Brunson is backup point guard, and like like he's being heralded as like your fourth best player. <laughs> Pass. Um, I think that uh, when it comes to Yo, Giannis. Obviously, like he's taken new steps to his game that like are just kind of remarkable. So like I like I'm, I wouldn't fault anybody for taking one of these four. And I think the other thing that people got to realize too when they when they do make these picks because I know a lot of people get kind of two in their head and they're like, oh, if he goes down and like he went down from injury and like that was clearly something I knew. No, we never know who's gonna go down from injury and like don't fault yourself and be like, oh, I shouldn't have made that pick because he's injury prone and everything. Like if the guy goes into the season and he's like, yeah, I got arthritis in both my knees and I can't see anymore. Then yeah, maybe don't draft that guy. If he's somehow <laughs> still in the NBA. But if you're talking about like, you know, how many people passed on Steph Curry last year because they decided, because they thought that like, Oh, well, Steph Curry misses a ton of games all the time. He misses like at least, you know, uh, a fifth of the season or something like that. So, you know, I I'll pass on that. Um, and then he goes out and he has arguably an MVP season last year. Uh, and then, you know, Jokic and Jokic obviously is, is Jokic. I mean, he's, he's going to provide you with that, the kind of like across the board stats that you don't get. And especially that's a big thing that separates him kind of from everybody else. Right. Is the fact that you get that from a center, you get that kind of all around from a center towns. I think you get that from. I think you can get that from, and I think the big thing with Towns is the shooting is so fantastic with him, and he gets so many threes. And I think that if you can, if you get the best Carl Anthony Towns in fantasy, um, you can kind of not stress out as much about like these in categories leagues. I, I'm not sure how they break down to points. I think Towns is up there. Towns is either like first or second in categories leagues right now, and like could be up there in points. Um, but I think that if you take somebody who's kind of uh, gets you a little bit of everything, then that's going to be like, like Jokic. Um, I, like I said, I only go towns because I, I like to pad those shooting stats a little bit more, um, especially from a center. Um, and I think I could be wrong here, but I feel like towns might also be, I'm going to look this up. Actually. I feel like towns might also be power forward eligible. And, but yeah, I think, I think I would feel comfortable going with towns. Oh, wow. Over Joker. Yeah. I mean, it's not shocking to hear. It's understandable, but you know, the norm is like, Oh yeah. Giannis onto the Google. Let's absolutely the Joker. Oh no. Gotta get the Joker. Cause he can pass mm -hmm. down, blah, blah, blah. But Joker went down. He's hurt right now. But he'll be back. Uh, Giannis is Giannis. His shooting form is it's better, but we still need to see consistency from him. Steph Curry's Curry. He'll, you know, the score, but Hey, rebounds, assists, Cat does have all those skills, and honestly, I'm not surprised. I am a bit, but uh. yeah. If I go, if I go here, so Cat in uh, in terms of the in terms of like head to head, I he is uh, 
he has like the the most he he's the second top uh the third i think he's third um in points obviously he's he's a little bit further down uh and Giannis is first so yeah if it if it was for points or something like that i would go Giannis. but if it was if it was for categories i think i would go towns because i'd rather have somebody who can put me in competition for all of those categories um as opposed to you know there's a couple that you're punting there i mean at towns right now is averaging 3.3 um three pointers made per game which is kind of remarkable uh from a center that's not something you see at all um if you're looking at the assist he's right up there with jokic jokic right now is at 4.5 he's at 4 um the blocks that's the other thing because towns gets you blocks towns is averaging 2.5 blocks per game and he's also really kind of you know he 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 has a really good free throw percentage so i think that those things that he offers he kind of like offers what a normal center would do but then just like a little bit more to boost it above i actually i'd compare him to kind of like uh in terms of it, like if you like in terms of like players who I you don't really expect, but like to do it are like Jonathan Isaac. Uh, when he is healthy in fantasy, he's not gonna like or Draymond for that matter. Like these are guys who are never gonna be like this guy is the best guy in the NBA, but they're probably gonna help you win your league because they're just like kind of uh, a thousand different weapons that they're throwing at you that can really kind of you're like oh well. Draymond just got like five assists from his center position and he's got like all these other guards and now like the assists are out of, out of contention or, you know, they got points elsewhere. Uh, and those, and so towns, I think more fits in with my philosophy, but if it wasn't towns, then I would absolutely go either Giannis or Curry, depending on how I feel, um, <laughs> depending on what, what day of the week it is. Well, speaking of Curry, uh, right now plays out, as we all know, uh, Wiseman is currently battling injury from last season. He's recovering. Uh, but they think the main guy is Steph. Uh, he's undoubtedly leading the Warriors right now, putting them on his back, all the basically pressures on his shoulders right now. Um, but as we all know, if a player has too much pressure on his shoulders, they're going to get worn out as the season progresses. So with all this pressure and uncertainty about Clay and his status and Wiseman as well, is this going to affect Curry? Because he's playing 36 minutes a game, and this is the mo- highest he's played since 2013, I believe. Um, so is he going to get worn out early, and that will that affect fantasy owners and his stock? Isn't that the question, right? In, in that it, in that it, with Steph Curry, like, is it going to uh, – is it – what do you do because i mean that's with a lot of these elite point guards is that you do like even dame who i think was kind of a beacon for uh staying healthy hasn't necessarily been that healthy the last couple of years and with curry i think that you i think you just got to take that risk i think that the reward is too great for you to not take that risk and then i think if if it happened if like something is to happen then you just got to roll with the punches but when it comes to players of that caliber and getting someone like that who can change everything on your team i think you kind of have to make those moves uh because sure what's what's the worst like if you if you get curry then you got arguably the best player in fantasy if you don't get curry 
sure, you might not be dealing with injuries, but you still are competing. Um, now, in those kind of like in a rotisserie league, absolutely go for Curry. Oh, my goodness gracious, go for Curry because Curry is just going to keep putting that up there and then you can fill in the blanks later. Head-to-head or like those weekly leagues, yeah, it might be a little bit difficult because you there might be a week where Curry, like Curry goes out for like 10 games and then you're without him for like two weeks. But what he does for those other weeks, I think is kind of, critically important i used to think i used to think otherwise because i was like you know curry is going to go down it's not going to be worth it but now that like i think it's just worth it to take the risk because i think too often especially in leagues that are kind of rollover like keeper leagues people just don't have that kind of uh cutthroat mentality because they immediately put themselves out of it and then even if you have somebody like that go down you can still make a run you can still do things. And, you know, if it's in a, you know, if it's in a, if it's in like a, a, a redraft league, yeah, sure. I mean, you, you know, he goes down, then you just got to get next man up and stu- and play the wire. Um, but I think that the, the reward is too great to not take the risk. Not fair enough. Like I said, Curry's playing 36 minutes a game. The Warriors are four or five and one right now after the loss last night, but Curry's, you know, a great player and, He's going to get you points. It's just a matter of staying healthy and if you can handle all this pressure. So we talked about all this fantasy basketball stuff. We talked about the star players like Curry, Giannis, Joker, Tatum, etc. right? But then again, there's the Ball Brothers, which I love to my heart. I'm a big fan of Lonzo. I don't know if you know about that, but big fan of Lonzo myself. LaMelo, yeah, he's, he's good. I, I, he's cool. But the one guy I'm focused on is Jello, LiAngelo. Exact, and he was just drafted by the G League, the Hornet G League affiliate, the Greensboro Swarm, or whatever. Look, I mean, LeVar Ball, his prophecy was to get all three of the sons in the NBA, and he kind of did that already to an extent, right? So, with that being said, what is it going to take for Jello to actually be on the active roster? Because the Hornets are playing outstanding right now. We talk about Bridges, LaMelo. Like at the guard spot, you have Book Knight, the rookie. Um, you have Rosier still. But Jello can, he can make the active roster, right? I mean, there has to be a way. I think that he, so for starters, he's going to have to ball out in the G League, which yeah, just a side note, I kind of love, I find it the funniest thing in the world that like, you know, we have all these professional sports leagues in, in the U.S. that kind of are like the National Hockey League, Major League Baseball, like, you know, MLS or, or uh, NBA, NFL, and like the National, blah, blah, blah. but like it went from being the developmental league to the Gatorade League, which I think is so, so very funny. I think that like we like we just kind of just accept that like, yeah, it's the G League. I'm like, what like what's the G stand for? Uh, Gatorade. What do you mean? It's the Gatorade League. Like you, developmental makes sense, but like Gatorade. Anyways, um, he's gonna have to ball out in the Gatorade in the Gatorade League, and like let's just let's give it away the Gatorade League. That's 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 the G League Gatorade League. Oh so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so I think that uh, he's gonna have to ball out in the Gatorade League, and uh, if he does ball out in the Gatorade League, then uh, then it could present. Then I think Charlotte could be able to. If they're still like they're going to be competitive all year, I think if there is a trade, because a lot of these teams who are competing will make these kind of take all these young kids trades and give us like something good here, right? Like give us, you know, take PJ Washington and take uh, 
I don't know, Kelly Oubre off our books and, you know, they throw on a book night and a couple of firsts and give us Pascal Siakam. Um, if something like that were to happen, uh, then you got to fill those roster slots. And I think that's how Leandro Le is going to crack in there. I think he's going to crack in there if, if and when Charlotte makes some sort of uh, some kind of deal to get like a two for one to compete and uh, and take things to an even higher level for their team, um, which I think is actually based off of how Charlotte's playing, uh, based off of the amount of depth that's there in Charlotte. Um, I could I could easily see that happening. Like like Jordan, I think is kind of tired of them being the charlotte hornets you know i mean it's just it's it's been miserable ever since uh cp3 and david west were gone you know so i think that it's i could see them making a move and that would free up a roster slot for leangelo to get in there definitely i mean lonzo lamella they're both playing outstanding that's just jello needs to get onto the active roster and then we'll see how this all works together. Hey, who knows? They might end up together, all three of them, but that's not going to happen for like <laughs> years because Melo, he's there to stay. Uh, I don't think he's leaving. It's a great fit for him. It's a small city. It's a small, I guess, city to play in. Nothing too big market for him. I think it's good for him. Lonzo the same way. He needed a change of scenery. And LA wasn't going to do, do nothing for him, uh, but Chicago seems like the place to be. And Leandro the same way. So we'll see how that works out. But we talked a lot about all this fantasy stuff, like I mentioned, all this player talk, blah, blah, blah. But then there's always a question that I ask everyone. And I'm going to ask you the same thing. Who is or what team is going to make the NBA Finals and who's going to win it all? So far. Uh, I think so far, out of the West, I think Utah is going to make it over the hump. I think they, I think they are. I think that it's, uh, I like the move trying to appease to Donovan Mitchell by getting D Wade in there as like kind of a minority owner. Um, I think that I like the depth on that team. Like I like Rudy Gay and Ingles and obviously six man Jordan Clarkson coming off the bench. Uh, it's really quite nice. Hassan Whiteside has looked really great on that team and the role that he's kind of carved out for himself. Um, and I think that they're ready to kind of take it to take it to that next step now that it's kind of wide open. I'd say Denver, but I don't know. I don't know what that team is going to look like. Uh, I don't know when Jamal Murray is coming back. Uh, I don't know. You know, we still kind of don't really know the severity of like Jokic's injury. Um, and like if he's going to continue to get banged up while they're trying to figure things out. And Michael Porter Jr. just does not look like Michael Porter Jr. Uh, he's looked very flat these first couple of games. So I would actually go Utah. Um, they're kind of my pick, my pick. And I think most people kind of right now, if you're looking at it, be like, Oh, well, yeah, you know, Quinn Snyder, he's, he's, he's due. Uh, I think, and like, also I kind of find Quinn Snyder. If, if you ever heard Quinn Snyder talk, it's kind of hysterical. Quinn Snyder, like when he was in there, like to, there's like a clip of him talking to like Donovan Mitchell in, he definitely has like this just kind of West coast. Like I'm sure you'd be able to identify being out in California, but he's like, Hey man, how's it going, bro? Like, and I'm like, where did this come from? Like, <laughs> it, like, please do yourself a favor after this, look up Donovan Mitchell and Quinn Snyder. Cause Quinn Snyder's like, Hey man, what's going on? And I'm like, where, what is this? 
Um, but I do think that I do think that Utah is uh, is definitely the team for the West for me. I think the team for the East. This is where it gets interesting, right? Because if if Brooklyn gets Kyrie back like before the playoffs, which I think is inevitably going to happen, I think that will happen. And if they have Harden and Durant healthy, then when we, what we see with these big three teams, like they find a way to gel, like in the right moments, they find a way to gel. Um, that being said, ugh, I, I don't know. I, 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 I'm trying to, I mean, I don't think Charlotte's going to do it. I don't think that Charlotte's going to make that much. Oh, you know what? No, I'll, I know who it's going to be. Um, it's going to be Atlanta. I think Atlanta is going to, I think Atlanta is a scary good team. I think that Cam Reddish has taken more steps. I think Trey Young is mad as hell that he didn't make an all-star team last year. And then is psyched that he is now like in the minds of Knicks fans, which I think that is one of the best scheduled Christmas day games I've seen in a very long time is having Trey Young play in Madison square garden. Like, I don't care about the rest of the games. I want to see that. I want to see that. I want to see the Knicks fans lose their minds um yeah i think i think atlanta has a very strong case to make it to the final should everything click i think that obviously you want capella to be healthy i don't think he's healthy right now um and uh and collins is kind of getting back to the john collins before injury but you know these other pieces that they have there like they added dylan wright who just kind of got like a he was he was fantastic in dallas coming off the bench then he kind of got thrown into starting role in Detroit, and he was very meh. Now he's back coming off the bench, and you got a bench of like you got you got guys on there like Herder, Bogdanovich, Reddish, DeAndre Hunter, uh, the oh god, I, I, the double O guy over there, the the big guy who they, oh, who they draft. Yeah. yeah, and like and like they, you know, there's there's a lot on that team, and if they're able to get it going, um. And like that, like they showed in the playoffs last year, I think the sky's the limit for them. Uh, so I think I would have Utah versus Atlanta, and I think Utah would end up taking it, uh, just because I think that it's time for it's time for Donovan Mitchell to kind of establish himself, and I think that pairing with Rudy Gobert is really kind of one of the best in the NBA that's really not talked about all that often, um, especially in terms of like how they kind of complement each other in terms of building, in terms of team building. Um, and it'd be nice to see Mike Conley get win. So yeah, definitely. That's wow. Jazz and Hawks. I'm gonna write that down here. That's a new one. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, we talked a lot of sports today. Sure. I have one last question. You're an actor. Uh, yep. What is that like? Um, describe your experience so far as an actor. Uh, as a, as a white actor. Um, the uh, the I would say more recently uh it's been it's been tough i think that i think uh, especially kind of the i think a lot of actors out there have uh have managed to like obviously i am not i'm you know i'm not gonna end this by saying and you can see me on uh, hbo season two of watchmen <laughs> or something like that no, no 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 um i've been doing this for a while now and all of my colleagues that i know that are kind of like on a similar level to me it's been it's been kind of a grind, especially with uh, with COVID. And I think that I think that what has been kind of nice or not nice, but uh, like just one kind of bright spot for a lot of people in the industry, in the like in the artist industry, is to kind of 
COVID has helped a lot of people, I think, put things in perspective that they haven't had been able to put into perspective. And a lot of actors out there have been able to sort through things um, during that time because a lot of us work in the restaurant industry, such as myself. And, you know, it's, it's not an easy industry. You can kind of get lost in the sauce there and lose sight of what you want to do. And I think that with COVID, like in a lot of people, especially I'm in New York right now, uh, it's, it's given people a little bit of time to, to think and reflect uh, and obviously not be in the restaurants. And so I think a lot of people who, who talk about like, oh, well, you know, there's no staff there anymore. There's no this. It's not because like, there's not staff here because like, you know, they, they're lazy or anything. These are people who like most people who work in this industry in like the, the restaurant industry are artists, are actors and everything. And they're finally, you know what? I, this is what I got to do. Life's too short to do anything else other than what I'm trying to do, what I'm trying to accomplish. And I give a lot of people a lot of credit for uh, finding that within themselves and really pushing forward. And so I, I think with the, as far as acting goes, I think that those out there that are still doing it right now, and even those out there who may have been doing it in the past and then not having the kind of the, the focus or wherewithal to, to go forward. Um, I think a lot of people are really driven right now, um, driven to be creative, driven to make work and uh, to make art that, uh, that really fits with them, no matter what the case may be. And I think that that's, that's kind of the most important thing is not losing sight of what you want to do, why you want to do it and why you enjoy doing it. And I think that, I think that that's one thing that I've learned as an actor and what that's been like the last, uh, at least the last year and a half for that matter. Oh, great advice. As always, John Ball, everyone. He's the host of the Dinkers, no, Dingers and Dunk Show. Yeah. <laughs> it's the Hoops and Homer Show. You can catch him every Thursday from 4.30 p.m. Eastern time to about 5, I believe. Yeah, about 5.30, yeah, yeah, yeah. 5.30. You go for an hour, man. It's yeah, just, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. You know, they're not going to like, oh, you've gone for an hour. Uh, yeah, exactly. Oh, come on. Uh, well, you catch him on the ColorCast app. He's an actor, a guy from Massachusetts, and apparently a big Carl Anthony Towns fantasy guy. Apparently. <laughs> Mr. Ball, <laughs> thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. Hope to have you on another time as well. Absolutely. Uh, regarding fantasy basketball. You taught me a lot. I'm sure you taught the audience a lot as well. Um, but I'm just, It's been a pleasure. Thank, thank you so much for having me. Yes, sir. I appreciate it. Have a great day, and uh, I'll be looking forward to talking to you uh, soon. Yes, sir. You as well, boss. Take Thanks. care now. You too.